You are listening to the No Gimmicks Just Sweat podcast with your host, Eric Logan. No Gimmicks Just Sweat is dedicated to hearing the journeys and unique stories behind an athlete's training and what drives them. Get inspired to own your life and make the impossible possible. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, please take a few seconds to rate the show and drop me a review. Now, let's get started with the show. Hello and welcome to the show. Today we have Kara Ollick as our guest. Kara, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How about yourself, Eric? I am wonderful. Thank you for being on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, awesome, awesome. So, as with always, we always start out with some rapid fire questions to break the ice, you know, so that, you know, I can learn a little bit more about you as well as listeners. Are you ready? Ready. All right. Morning runs or evening runs? Evening runs during the work week, morning runs on the weekend. Okay. Solo runs or group runs? Solo. Run on a treadmill or run outside? Oh, outside. No treadmill. God, no treadmill. No, never. (laughs) I will run in the snow. I will run in the rain, (laughs) but I will not run on a treadmill. Oh, so you, you are definitely, you know, no treadmill at all, period. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. Trail runs or road runs? Road runs. Too many accidents happen on the trails for me. (laughs) Definitely like to keep it wide and clear. Okay. All right. Favorite race distance to run? Ooh. I'm going to go with a half marathon. Okay. All right. The first thing you do after a race? First thing I do after a race, well, breathe. (laughs) Um, but if it's a longer race, uh, sometimes I need to calm that stomach. So I'll get a Coca-Cola and a bag of plain potato chips and that's my go-to snack. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. All right. What's your dream race to run? Ooh, dream. Oh, dream race is easy. Boston marathon. Okay. That that seems to be what a lot of people kind of (laughs) Boston marathon. All right. If you can go on a run with any celebrity or athlete, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, wow. I'm going to go with, due to the timing of this, I'm going to go with Molly Seidel. Considering uh, she just run the, won the bronze at the Olympics in the marathon, nice. I'm going with Molly. Oh, good choice. Good choice. All right. Last question. Um, dream location in the wor- anywhere in the world to go for a run? Um, Hawaii. I'm trying to run all 50 states, and Hawaii is going to be the concluding one. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that, that's my dream location to run as well. Just to run a, along the beach in Hawaii would be just awesome. Oh, yeah. It just seems like there's some be some scenic, beautiful views. Yes, yes. That That, that is one place that, you know, if I had to do my last race ever, last run ever, I would love for it to be like in Hawaii. Oh, absolutely. All right. As we go on with the show and as we normally do, you know, I want you to kind of tell the people not just who you are, what you're doing, where you're from, but also tell people your story. And your story is I always kind of put it in the um, light of think of yourself as a superhero. And this is your origin story. You know, your power is running. So how did you get from where you were to who you are now? Okay. Okay. 
All right. So I guess it starts in high school then because I ran track and cross country in high school. Um, but I wasn't really passionate about it. I did what the coaches said. And I ran some as an adult here and there. But it really wasn't until 2013 when I really found my passion with running. What had happened was one of my friends had told me that I need to get a hobby because I was becoming a little bit of a workaholic and working a little bit too much. So I decided, okay, she said, get a hobby. I need to get in shape a little bit. I tried the workout videos. I tried the gyms. I could not stick to any of those. I figured I was a runner in high school. Give it a try. So in April 2013, I started with just a little challenge to myself, just run three miles a day every day and see if I can stick with it. And I did. And so then I started running like 5Ks every weekend. And at one of those 5Ks, I saw a lady with a half marathon visor on. I was like, I can run a half marathon. So I got a book. I found a training program. I followed that training program. And in following that training program, ran the half marathon faster than I thought I would. So I was like, yes, I can do this. I can do this. I'm going to run a full marathon. Well, that's when things changed. I, again, (laughs) I looked in the same book. I found a marathon training plan. I was like, okay, I've got this. And it was no problem until the first 14 mile run. (laughs) And then there were tears and shuffling to finish that race, that run. It was so difficult. And then I'm thinking, what did I do to myself? I've already signed up for this race. I have already paid for it. And it was the Atlanta Marathon before Publix took over. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. So it was the two thir- 2013 Atlanta Marathon. And, you know, that's hilly. But I trained. I, I continued with the training. I did it. I set my goal. And during that race, I started off strong. I even had friends and students at the at the race on the course cheering me on. 20, they didn't lie. I hit a wall. The last 10K was a struggle. I finished. I was wobbly. I could barely walk. I went to this nice restaurant. I could barely eat. I mean, I was on the struggle bus suffering saying, ah, no, never again. That was just <laughs> horrible. But the problem was I had set a goal and didn't make it. And I'm a very goal-oriented person. So I was like, how do I do that? So, you know, ever since then, I've been signing up for marathons and half marathons, setting goals and trying to make them. Still, uh, 2021 have not met my original goal. But I I, I keep going for it anyway. Okay. Yeah, I always go for your goals. I will stop. You know, you you will eventually reach it one day. I mean, you have to look at stars like Shailene Flanagan and Des Linden. It took them yes. you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years to get their first world major. Yes. If they can do it, then I can hit my goal. It just might take me a while. Yes. Yes. You know, I, you know, one of the things that, you know, people that know me know that um, I'm a do athlete. And one of my goals is to eventually qualify for worlds. Awesome. Yeah. And yeah. I've been trying for the last several years and I've come close, but I haven't gotten it yet. You know, it is just one of those things that, you know, I normally eventually get it and I just have to keep trying until I do. Absolutely. All right. So what does a week of training look like for you? And I ask you this specifically because um, you're a teacher. I am. I am. 
and my wife's a teacher and you know I know that teaching takes up a lot of your time <laughs> you know you know you know and I think a lot of people you know that if unless you're you know if I case married to a teacher or you are close friends with a teacher you don't realize you know whereas I can leave work and leave work at work a lot of times teachers can't just necessarily do that that's true so how do you manage your training you know with teaching during the school year uh you know that's difficult and actually this is one of those tough seasons usually the toughest seasons for me are the beginning of the school year yes and the end of the school year because there's so much extra that go into those two times of year so i'm gonna be honest with you right now i have a coach and okay. yeah my coach it's, it's that accountability and having to report to someone and she's creating my schedule. And like I said, I'm a goal oriented person. So I set my goals with her and uh, she sets up my week for that accountability. So I know those days I've worked, I've got to get out in a timely manner to hit my runs. So what she generally sets up for me is I run five days a week. The okay. other two days are total rest days. Like I do no exercise at all on my two rest days. I totally get those off which works perfect for me for my late nights at school, my late days at schools. So that works perfect. I usually have one long run on the weekend, one quality session, which will be speed or tempo, and then three easy runs, maybe put some strides in there. Now, two of those easy run days will also have strength training. So I do my strength training, but after my runs. I'm saying yes to strength training. I love hearing people include strength training especially runners because it's one of those things i think that's often neglected or taken from granted you know it's like oh i'm trying to run i'm trying to get faster i don't need to go in and lift weights and i'm i'm going to be honest i was one of those people i used to be that person <laughs> just go out the door and run that's all i wanted to do was get out the door and run but you know, you get a little older, you realize you need that extra strength. And so I asked my coach, she's like, what's the one thing, you know, you really want me to help you with? I was like, you've got to schedule strength training and create strength training. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know I need it. Right. So I, I love hearing that. So with all this, given what happened last year, you know, last mm-hmm. year was the pandemic um, and everything pretty much shut down. Mm-hmm. I- Especially for runners, you know, there were no races. There were really no races last year. So how did 2020 affect you in regards to not being able to run races as well as your training? Okay. Um, yeah. So when we shut down and it's quarantine, it, wow, it kind of took everything. Even though I was still teaching during the school year, I didn't lose my job or anything, but it was at home. So everything changed. Everything was focused at home. So I still went out there and ran. I actually went online, got a different, because this was before my coach. I went online, got a different training plan that I'd never trained before. So it would challenge me. I set up my own little speed trial. So that's what I worked for, a little time trial for a 10K. I did okay, not race quality, but of course, no competition, nothing to keep me going out there. But I was able to rack up the miles during the summer. So uh, it was the one thing in this pandemic that changed everything that was like my steady, my normal. It's one thing that I could continue to do because we were allowed outside. I just managed to run places and stay as far away from other people as possible. So it was my steady. It was my calm. It was my 
get out of the apartment, get into my space, you know, because when I'm running, I don't think about work. I don't think pandemic. I right. just run. Exactly. I am a pure runner. I will not allow myself to think about anything that's not running related during my run. That is my time. That's like my jam there. So I was able to train through it. And it was at the end of 2020 when I decided to get a, um, a coach when races were coming back in. So that I could take all of that, those miles that I'd put in and try to put them to good use. Okay. So before 2020 and 2019, how did you feel as a runner? You know, where you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm at my stride. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And then that immediate stop came in 2020 where, you know, what did you, were you at that point or were you like, Trying to take the best way where you were, you like, like, okay, I'm still going, I'm still going. Oh, well, 2020 is just kind of a break for me. Yeah. Well, it, it I was kind of bummed when all the races of 2020 got canceled because I ran New York in 2019 and it, it did not go my way. Um, so I immediately went for 2020 and got into New York, but of course, everything was canceled and everything right. was shut down. So no, 2019 didn't go my way. I had a lot of goals for 2020 that just didn't happen because the races didn't happen. So that's when I hired my coach at the beginning of 2021, started in January right off the bat because it hadn't gone my way. But now I put in the miles and I wanted to change that around and make it go my way. Okay. So as of right now, I, I noticed too that you are also um, a certified coach. Okay. I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how how is that, uh, you know, a coach with a coach? Uh, that's an interesting question. So I actually had a coach also in 2016, and that's when I learned. Oh, okay. It's a different coach from the one I have now. But that's when I learned that coaches have coaches because it's just so time-consuming to make up all those plans and also just to be there for athletes, to take that time, to encourage them. To, to try to motivate them to, and sometimes for me, just research what they need, the different stretches, um, the different cross training, the different strength training. So you're always researching. You're always trying to get those ideas and be there for your athletes. And so when you have a coach, it takes that off of you for you. Your plan is already set for the week. There's no stress. I, my running is simple because someone else is doing the hard work for me um, as far as planning everything. And I'm telling you, I'm sure she doesn't know it because I've never told her. My coach is almost like a mentor coach to me because I see what she does. And I was like, oh, yes, I need to. I take notes on the way she uh, coaches me yes. because it's it's like perfect. She's like the perfect coach for me. And I think, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. So we can just learn from each other. Okay. All right. So you're in the Atlanta area. And yes. Atlanta is very famous for <laughs> So when you first start, <laughs> people who don't live here <laughs> and have never really raced in a, a, a race in Atlanta, you do not you don't understand. <laughs> so what, what what was your first experience when you first started running in Atlanta? Well, <laughs> lots of heat, hills, and humidity for sure in Atlanta, yes. and lots of sweat. And so, and I'm honestly going to say back in the day when I first started running, I didn't do any uh, hydration or nutrition. So I probably ran a lot slower than I needed to. 
um, and probably lacked a lot of energy and did not recover because I did not give my body what it needed. Right. And I, 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 I never realized how much, you know, the hills made a difference until when the pandemic came. I wasn't running in Atlanta every day. And I was running at home and running at home is pretty much it's pretty much flat where I live at. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, this is nothing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's flat, flat. And then when I when I went back, you know, I was like, okay, I'm at the office, let me go run. I was like, oh, whew. You know, you kind of feel it like, yeah, it's been a while since I ran on a hill. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So as a coach, what advice do you give um, people who are just starting out to run? Um, a lot of people kind of, you know, they really don't know where to start. It's kind of the, I want to start running, but I don't know where to begin, you know, uh, or they have the whole, well, I want to run, but I'm thinking maybe I'm too old or I'm not rich or, you know, they just have that self-doubt. How, how would you approach someone like that? Oh, yeah. So for those just struggling to either get in it or get back at it or find might be older and think maybe they can't, it's really starting off. It's, it's what a friend always says to me. It's your race. It's your pace. So it's your run. You decide how you want to do it. And so another a good way to start it off is with just doing intervals. You don't have to run the whole time. Start off with walk, run to get into it. See how your body feels um, and then just kind of increase the run from there. And as far as age, I tell people nowadays, I'm the fastest I've ever been and I'm 44 about to turn 45. Yes. So I'm the fastest I've ever been. So when you put in the time and you put in the work, you can definitely improve. So it's that consistency. So what I do is set them up a program, start them off easy and increase bit by bit so they can see the gains and see, oh, wait, that was hard for me yesterday. Oh, it's not hard for me today. This is getting easier. Just bit by bit, not overdoing, but making it a small increase so that they're getting better and they're running longer without fully recognizing what they're doing. Okay, that's good advice. And I can also attest to about, you know, you know, when I started running, I started running in my forties and, you know, I feel a lot better. I, I feel I'm faster and I'm getting ready to enter my fifties. And I'm like, I don't think I would be as, as, as fast and efficient of a runner as I am now if I was younger. And I hear that a lot from a lot of other older runners. Yeah, that's what I say. But I also think some of it just comes with the wisdom realizing, well, that didn't work. I've got to make changes. So for me, really, 2021 has been my best running year yet. But yeah. I hired a coach. And then I actually with the coach, my first race was at the end of February. I did the public half marathon, um, did not come anywhere close to the goal she met. As far as my coach, the goal she set for me and I was bonking at the end. Mm -hmm. Almost in tears when I realized I had to tell someone else that I had, you know, not met that goal. It's one thing if I don't, I said it and I don't make it, but someone else said it and I didn't make it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when she hooked me up with a dietitian. Oh. So I have a coach and a dietitian 
and I'm running my best races yet. Since then, I had a half marathon PR, a 10K PR, my second fastest half marathon, and another 10K PR. Oh, so nice. it's, uh, it's amazing what you can do when you get all the pieces together because it's not just running. It's not just strength training. The nutrition and the fueling um, and the hydration are key. Yes. Well, let's talk about the dietitian piece for a moment. Okay. Uh, that's, that's something that, you know, you really don't hear a lot about from runners you know when you do it's generally like oh i you know i'm either carb loading or i cut this out i cut this out but not really seeing the professional help or advice of a dietitian or professional nutritionist yeah so with my dietitian she is a sports dietitian so she definitely focuses on athletes so she does what is called intuitive eating so basically I can eat what I want when I'm hungry, as long as it doesn't upset my stomach or upset a run. Um, I just keep to an athlete's plate. And there's just three different athletes plate, easy, medium, and hard. And on each plate, you have carbs, proteins, and colors. And colors are your fruits and vegetables. And it just changes. Basically, your amount of carbs, fruits, and vegetables change on what you're doing that day. Am I just doing a three-mile run? Am I having a rest day? Um, what's coming up tomorrow, long run. So basically it is changing up your carbs, but you're already, already eating carbs. Before I got my dietitian, I thought I was eating healthy. I cut out all the fast food. I cut out the junk. So that was me cutting things out. Right. But too many carbs got taken out and therefore my body didn't have the carbs to burn. Uh, so when I got the dietitian, she never tells me no, unless something bothers me. She says, eat what you want. Um, so I do. So I enjoy food now because I'm not told no, there are no restrictions, um, unless something makes me sick to my stomach, which is not much. I mean, before I had my dietitian, I used to say, oh, I got such a sensitive stomach. But when you get rid of those things that you find out bother your stomach, because you're, you're just eating col uh, your colors, your proteins, your carbs, it's amazing what it will do for your whole system. It's like a cleansing of the system, but you're just naturally eating. Right. And I mean, it doesn't sound too complicated. You it's know? not at all. She even gave me pictures of the plates so I would know exactly what to do when. So it's not complicated because I don't have to count anything. I don't have to count carbs or proteins. I don't really have to count. Literally, there's um, half of my plate should be vegetables right now and then a quarter protein and a quarter carb. That's where I'm at right now for my rest day. So I just have to look at a plate. I don't have to count anything no calorie counting i love it no that sounds perfect you know? i know i mean it just sounds you know you hear people with their you know with plans and their meals and stuff like that you you get into the calorie counting and well, how many how much carbs you eat, how much protein how much this that you know it gets complicated and i think that's why a lot of people kind of shy away from it or when they do you know quote unquote diet it fails on her because it's just so complicated. It is. It's mine's not complicated at all. I just, you know, basically eat. I do meal prep, but my meal prep is this. I just make sure there I cook enough vegetables. There's enough raw vegetables, enough fruit in the house. I cook up my proteins. Um, I cook up um, any carbs that I want to cook up. So right now my refrigerator is full for the week of things that I can put together. I don't tell myself when I'm going to eat what, cause I, in order for me to just eat when I'm hungry, I have to be happy and satisfied with what I eat. Um, 
So I just have all the pieces and I put them together when the mood hits. Okay. Awesome. So this is a kind of a two-part question here. Yep. What was your proudest moment as a runner? And the second part of that question, what is your worst moment as a runner? Okay. Let's see. I'm going to go with my proudest moment because, you know, 2021 has been phenomenal for me. But I'm going to go with my proudest as the Peachtree Road Race 10K in Atlanta, July 4th. I ran it that Sunday morning. Okay. Um, Came in with a goal, was going to PR. And, of course, my PR for my 10K was on a course where the last three-fourths of a mile is downhill. And Peachtree, as you know, was really <laughs> hilly. <laughs> Yes. Um, but I still had goals and I went out and I said it. I, I set up my um, hydration plan with my dietitian. My coach trained me well. Now we had a time picked out. I didn't quite hit that time, but I still PR. I PR. Huh? My 10K PR is at the Peach Street and I got the tap the top 1000 cup. Ah, oh, sweet. So sweet. I was in the top 500 women. So that is one of my. Thank you. Thank you. So that is definitely one of my proudest moments right there. Yeah, and and it should be. <laughs> it is. It is. And it just fuels me for the next. So I'm very excited. Cool. All right. So now your worst moment. What was my worst moment? Let me think. I'm going to guess a worst moment that I did not learn from. Let's go with that. Okay. Was, and I don't, I think it was 2016. It's the Albany Marathon. Um, and it's actually my PR right now for the marathon is at Albany. Oh, the thing okay. was, I barely hydrated. Maybe during a whole marathon, I drank four ounces of fluids um, because Ooh. my stomach was bothered. And I PR'd, but they, I couldn't even really speak at the end. They swept me up into the medical tent immediately. Oh, wow. And yeah. And they did a great job. They revived me. Friends, my friends showed up. They had went, but they'd run the half and they had went back, showered, came up to check on me. And they stayed with me until I was fully recovered and was able to, to leave the park area. But I think it's one of those worst moments because physically it was one of the worst moments. And I just did not learn from that, that moment. Amazing what those four years could have been like if I had my dietitian before, but I didn't learn from that moment. I kept on going. So that was a really tough moment for me. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, kind of sidetrack here, you know. So with the Albany Marathon, that's one of the races that I've always kind of had on my list. I've never kind of, mm-hmm. and I've been looking at it as you know, like maybe doing a half down there. And then I've heard mm-hmm. say that you know it's also a good one that if you want to do your first marathon, it's yes, a good one to do that. So is that true? Oh yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It is absolutely, it's a great um, Boston qualifier. It is, like I said, it's my PR. I have some fast half marathon times on there. The city really welcomes you. I'm signed up for the half. They had closed down. They didn't let the 221 run um, because of COVID. So they were still shut down. So I've been deferred, but it really is. You can't say that's totally flat because it's Georgia. It's got some, I'm going to call them like anthills compared to what we run in Atlanta. So (laughs) It's a great course. Okay. It's good to know. Good to know. Putting it in the back of my mind. Absolutely. All right. Super important question here. Okay. What's your go-to running shoe? 
I am in the Saucony Endorphin Speed for training and then the Endorphin Pro for races. Okay. And that's kind of that's pretty much been the shoe that you kind of held with for a while or was it did you have to kind of do trial and error till you got to that shoe? Well, actually, it was a bunch of trial and error. In 2016, when I had my previous coach, she said, oh, try out a bunch of different shoes. Um, So I did, but I just never found anything that fit. And then, you know, I'm one of those people. I'm a real running nerd. I love to follow all the marathoners. And so one of my favorite was Shailene. So I was like, I'm going to go Nike because Shailene is Nike. (laughs) (laughs) And so I ran in Nike forever. And I, I think I got there. Their four percents, their first one of their fast shoes. And then I ran it on gap gravel and it tore up the bottom. I was like, I am not running in this shoe anymore. It's too expensive. Um, and it the bottom was coming off. So I didn't want to do that anymore. So I was looking for a switch. So I was in the process of trying out um, different shoes. And I happened to meet Molly Seidel before... Oh, before the Olympic trials that Thursday night, I met her and she actually talked me into getting the endorphin pro because it was, it was like a preview of it. They weren't going to sell it till later, but they would sell it right there during the trials. So, so that's what happens. I apparently get talked into shoes (laughs) (laughs) by pro runners. Okay. So what inspires you? to keep running and to keep doing this over and over? Wow. Well, when I think about that question, it's hard just to narrow it down to one because there's a few things. Okay. Um, I've been sidetracked for a few weeks uh, due to a little procedure. So I haven't run for almost four weeks now. I get to run on Wednesday, so I'm very excited. But it meant doing volunteer work. So since I couldn't run the races, I volunteered. It's one of my one thing that inspires me is just the running community. You go out there and you volunteer and you get to see runners come just in all ways, all different walks of life, all different shapes and sizes, all different personalities. And they're just so inspirational. Um, I just they, I just get so inspired by what they do and what their stories are. So I love just the opportunity to get to um, volunteer and to meet people and to hear their stories. So the running community inspires me. My students inspire me because I'm always talking to them about setting goals. And yes, we set academic goals. But then I also say, what else do you want to do? What else do you love? Set goals there. And so I'm always telling them about my running goal. I even told the students last week and in one of my little Zoom chats, one of my students said, I hope you win the New York City Marathon. Now we know that's not going to happen. <laughs> but that's just the sweetest thing. And so that wow. inspires me and motivates me because that's the way some of my students see me. So they inspire me. When I work, when I watch them set goals and work towards those goals, they're an inspiration to me to, to keep at my goals because they're looking at me. And then some of the pros, like right now, it's Courtney Fricks, who got the silver at the 3,000-meter three, uh, steeplechase at the Olympics. She went out and she led the race. I mean, she was gutsy she was gritty she just went for it yes and then you have molly seidel she stayed in that front it was her third marathon and she stayed in that front yeah. pack that whole time and mm-hmm. there were times at water stations i was like oh don't fall molly don't fall molly because everyone was so crowded around but she just stuck to it and won that bronze and i think and so i keep thinking because i'm running the new york city marathon 
my goal is not just to get a PR, but to get a large enough PR to Boston qualify. So I know I have lofty goals that I'm aiming for. And I just think of, I think of the running community that I know will be there is behind me. I know my students are going to be cheering me on. And I just know I have ladies like that, that I can look up to while I'm running and say, Hey, they went for it. This is my time to shine. This is my time to go for it. So I have so much that inspires me when it comes to running. Nice, nice. Good. Kids are always a good inspiration because they kind of, they, they look at you as a superhero to them. When, right. You know, especially when they see something like running or cycling, anything, you know, that's, that's amazing to them. So, yeah, they're going to cheer for you. Yeah, it's exciting. Okay. If you can go back in a time machine and Ooh. tell your younger self something, what would it be? Hmm. I think that I would actually to tell, I would tell myself to keep showing up. Because while I went to practices for track and cross country, I don't know that I ever really fully gave it my all. I don't know that I really was passionate about it. So I would tell myself to keep showing up, to set those goals, and then go for it. Do whatever it takes to go for it. Okay. All right. So what is a non-running fact about you that most people don't know? Oh, wow. Non-running fact about me. Hmm. Well... Some people know I did live in China and I taught in China for two years. So I did. I taught English in China for two years. And so while there, I ate some pretty interesting things and uh, things you wouldn't normally eat over here in the States. I had a snake burger. Wait, wait. (laughs) (laughs) A snake burger. Yeah. So, yeah. So. They had okay, okay. things in China. And so <laughs> I didn't know what it was. It really just looked like a meat in, some, in a bun. And right. I ate it. And that was my rule in China. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to put it down. Please don't tell me what it is until I finish. Okay. <laughs> and then that's when, because it was with some of my college students. And then they told me afterwards, I was like, say it again. I said, did you mistranslate the word? And they were like, <laughs> No. <laughs> It's a snake burger. I even had in like, there was a, it looked like a jello mold mm-hmm. and it was worms inside. And I ate that too. So okay. I think some interesting things about me would be the things that I ate while teaching in China. And not too many people know that. A snake burger. Yeah. That, that, that is, was I'm, the worst thing in my opinion. I'm still wrapping <laughs> my mind around that. I I will say this now. Somebody's going to have to come and top that. <laughs> Nate Bird. So, you know, after this, I'm going to have, I'm going to be Googling that. <laughs> Nate Bird. <laughs> My curiosity has peaked. <laughs> yeah. I, but there was nothing on it. It was just the bread and the meat and nothing else. But mm. no type of condiments. No. Mm mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm going to be on Google after this. After <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what's next for you? You know, uh, are you trained for anything right now? You got any races planned that are coming up? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I uh, actually do have a race coming up, and I have two races coming up that I didn't really realize until I got the emails, a couple of them that I got <laughs> deferred from. I got deferred in 2020 and forgot about them. Uh, so I have a 10K coming up at the end of August. It's actually... Um, a 20k really a 10k and I think they do a 5k too down in uh, 
Castleberry Hill, I think, near the stadium. Oh, okay. So I have that 10K coming up. Apparently, I signed up for just a mile race. I never signed up for just a mile, but I guess I'll see how fast <laughs> I can run a mile. But my big thing that I'll be training for is the New York City Marathon. Okay. All right. Well, Cal, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it and look forward to listening to your new season. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. And if anybody wants to get in touch with you, um, especially about coaching, how can they do so? Well, they can get in touch with me. I guess one of the easy ways, I'm on Facebook at Kara Olick. Um, just send me invite there or friend me there. And then I'm on, I am, you are worth the run on Instagram. Just message me at either of those places. I'd be glad to get back to them. Awesome. Awesome. Again, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. All right. You do the same. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the No Gimmicks Just Sweat podcast. We really appreciate everyone who tunes in each week. If you enjoyed today's show, please support us by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember to tell your friends about the No Gimmicks Just Sweat podcast so we can continue to have awesome conversations with everyday athletes just like you. Until next time, have an amazing week.